This is Glenn Crooks on Frame. Sirius XMFC. Sirius XMFC presents the Coaching Academy. Coaching advice from those on the touchline. Talking tactics, training, and fitness with the top professional and college coaches from around the country. Class is now in session. This is the Coaching Academy. Here's Glenn Crooks. Vladko Adonofsky took over the U.S. women's national team in 2019, and through 18 matches, he has set the record for best start for a head coach in U.S. women's national team history. It's 17 wins, one draw in those 18 matches, and 10 of those games were against the top 13 teams in the world. Born in the former Yugoslavia, he is North Macedonian and American, a former central defender in his professional playing days in Macedonia and also the U.S., the 2005 Major Indoor Soccer League Player of the Year. Uh, He coached high school ball in Missouri, a four-time state champion, then missile with the Kansas City Comets, then in the NWSL with FC Kansas City, winning league championships in 2014, and then again in 2015, and then uh, beating out some quality candidates to succeed Jill Ellis as U.S. Women's National Team coach. Vladko, it's it's a pleasure. Really look forward to the conversation. How are you? Thank you, Glenn. Uh, thank you for the nice introduction, and uh, I'm doing good. I'm uh, very thankful for the opportunity to spend some time and talk soccer with you. Yeah, you got some big things coming up, the Olympics. Wow. <laughs> yes, uh, thanks for reminding me. Uh, I'm excited uh, and looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, uh, it will be uh, first uh, first big tournament for me, and uh, I'm really looking forward to uh to the Olympics. Well, I really want to uh, diagnose your background and how you got involved in coaching and, and really get as specific as you're comfortable with about the things you do in coaching. Uh, but first, it's where you grew up, you know, in the former Yugoslavia. Uh, then it becomes North Macedonia, a, a new country. And uh, we know there were conflicts in and out of that. I, I wonder how much growing up that environment which was a, a little uneven and certainly different than a lot of us grew up in here in the States, how that might've influenced how you manage a team. Yeah. I mean, obviously uh, the culture has a lot of, a uh, lot of influence on uh, how, how I coach, but uh, for, for me, I would say the, the playing in, uh, in Macedonia or ex Yugoslavia is what, uh, what has influenced me the, the most as a coach, uh, not necessarily, Anything else? I guess growing up or playing on the on the street uh, uh, has helped me or shaped me in the person that I am. But uh, yeah, the old Yugoslavia were known as uh, uh, European Brazilians. Uh, that was their, their nickname, and uh, that has definitely uh, have impacted uh, my uh, my view of the game, and definitely and uh, has impacted me how I coach nowadays. So who was the uh, influence there? I mean, who who, uh, who helped dictate that uh, Brazilian Yugoslavia? Were there was there one in in particular, or was it just uh, sort of the culture of the land? No, it was the culture of the land. It was a uh, it was a generation of uh, of players and coaches that uh, that have uh, impacted uh, the the environments and uh, were known for the style of play that was a distinguished style of play or uh, in uh, in Europe. And the closest one that, at that point was uh, the 
Brazilian style of play. So that's why the, the nickname came as uh, European Brazilians. So you were a central defender. So I would imagine under this uh, culture, yeah, you were a ball playing central defender. Is that correct? Yes, I loved it. I actually really enjoyed it. So when you, if, if you transfer that now to your, when you're coaching, whether it's the, on the club level or now the national team level, uh, and, and that was your position, I would imagine, I know you're responsible for the whole group, but you probably have a, a bit of a special relationship with the, with the people in those spots. Yes, uh, defenders uh, have always had a little an extra look or a little or slightly different look or dissected when uh, uh, have been dissected a little bit different when we're uh, analyzing games or talking a little bit different. And it seems like even in in trainings when we're splitting the teams with um, or groups uh, with uh, the the other coaches. For the most part, I would say 90% of the time, I uh, end up uh, with the defenders for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the head man. You make those decisions. But, uh, so, and central defenders becoming coaches, it seems to make sense to me because other than the goalkeeper, you can see a bulk of the field and everything going on and central defenders. Well, you, you tell me what, what are some of the responsibilities of the central defender in being coaches on the field? Uh, obviously you just mentioned, uh, you know, first seeing the, seeing the field, seeing the, how things are developing, having a lot of time sometimes to analyze uh, things that are happening in front of them when they're, when the, when they're in the attack where the ball is uh, away from them. But just in general, if you look at the players or the, the positions, uh, uh, closer to the goal the players are, or forwards, attacking midfielders, more instinctive they are. And they have to be. They don't have time to analyze a lot of things. Where on the other side, uh, the defenders or central, central defenders, for that matter, are a lot more analytical in the decisions that they're making. And uh, they cannot rely a lot on their instinct. And I think that that, uh, that has helped a lot, uh, a lot of central defenders to, to become coaches eventually. And... Yeah, so you've got so you have a little more time on the ball, generally speaking. So you can you can make those decisions, and you can um, also make those decisions maybe more effectively, more quickly because you have this vision. Yes, uh, I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't say more quickly. Obviously, if we if we need to, we can make it more quickly. But you, like you said, the, the the defenders do have a lot more time on the ball, and uh, that's why they're making those decisions. Uh, a little more uh, with a little more analysis behind it, or uh, a little, a little uh, right. more thoughtful decisions where the players that are spending less time on the ball or they're a little bit closer to the goal, they don't have time to to think. There's always pressure on their back. There's always people around, so they have to be uh, uh, more instinctive. They have to be faster and uh, and rely on uh, rely on uh, past experiences. Can you uh, possibly share some of the specific expectations that you have for a Becky Sauerbrunn, for instance, who you've coached on the club level and now with the national team, she's captain of the team. The, you know, the real specific, are, is there a breakdown? Again, whatever you feel. And as we go through this, whatever you feel comfortable yeah. sharing, we'll accept. But, uh, you know, this is all about coaching education. Right. So there, uh, every player, we have expectations for every player. Every player is uh, broken down to, I mean, literally, if I say inches, I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to look like uh, we're exaggerating. But yes, we're, we're talking sometimes inches uh, in terms of uh, movements or positioning. 
And um, when we're talking, uh, then this is just on the field. Uh, and uh, someone like Becky Sarbon or center defender or any player on the field is uh, not that it's just broken down of what we want, but it's also broken down in videos. So every little uh, situation or every little um, uh, action that a player can find herself in or national team player for us, they can find herself in, in during a game has been broken down and we have a video for every single one of them. So on average, we have about 150, 160 videos for each position and uh wow and it's uh and it's uh, analyzed it's uh delivered to to the players it's it's been broken down it's been uh uh explained so that way they do have a pretty good understanding of the position that they're playing and uh, we're not talking about uh tactical uh, principles we're not talking about our game model or game idea or or strategy this is just for that one person what we're expecting to do every time she uh, she steps on the pitch. These videos you're sharing, is it videos of that individual player or is it just videos of different players that play her position? So when we're talking about uh, uh, certain position, let's say center back, so we're, uh, we're grouping two or three center backs that are on the national team right now so that there are videos just of those players. So if we talk about uh, Becky Sarbrand and sharing videos with her of uh, 150, 60 videos of, uh, of her position, I would say about uh, 80 or 90 would be of her specifically. I spoke to uh, Crystal Dunn not long ago for United Soccer Coaches, uh, but a, a nice conversation with four national team players including Kelly O'Hara as well. But one thing that stood out to me is that it was one of the first times she sat down with you and you pulled out a clip of her from like, I think she said four or five years ago. And she said something to you like, how do you have that? <laughs> you know, so this seems to be part of your, uh, your, your total clip package, but you, you have them not just from present day, but maybe how they used to be. Yes, and some of them I have from uh, you know long ago uh, in the league. Obviously, from uh, doing uh, doing work in the league, and uh, some uh, thanks to uh, thanks to YouTube uh, and thanks to my notes, I can go and and find them. I mean, uh, just recently I had a conversation with Becky about something that she did in the in the Sweden game, and that was the same action that she had in 2014 against. Um, against Brazil. So we, uh, we were trying to compare the differences and how would that impact the, the decision that she makes. So yes, we, we look at uh, traits of the players, habits, uh, movements in uh, different in their position and how is uh, that uh, shaping or influencing them, uh, their decision on the, on the field. Well, when you say you're breaking it down to the inch, you definitely are not exaggerating. Uh, Vlatko Adonofsky, U.S. Women's National Team coach uh, uh, with us. I, I want to go back to how you uh, became interested in possibly coaching. Maybe again, we go to central defense and you got a chance to see everything. And uh, were you, did you feel like you were uh, as a professional uh, ending your sessions and trying to break it down yourself? And then when did you start the, uh, the badge route, getting your different accreditations? I mean, it started before I started playing professionally. Uh, ever since I was a little kid, I was always fascinated uh, by the by outsmarting the opponent like you can you can actually win the game not just being uh uh physically and technically better but 
as well uh, if you, you you can outsmart them and, and still be be successful. So that that was always fascinating me. And uh, uh, I was always that annoying kid that was organizing everyone in a pickup game or in a kick around. The kids would get together and I would organize and and strategize how to how to win the, the game against uh, against another group of group of kids. Uh, I'm sure my, my my friends were not were not happy, and I know that sometimes they were not happy with that. But that was uh, that was just uh, how I was uh, drawn into into coaching early on. And then uh, when I uh, when I started playing. Uh, Every game, in every game that I played, I in, I wanted to watch for me, but also for for the team and things that we could have done different. Numerous conversations with uh, with coaches, and uh, to be fair to all of them, they were very uh, very acceptable. I mean, not to to to, to listen to me, but more to to talk to me and explain things and break things down, which. Uh, uh, Help me uh, understand the game even more and more, and uh, and get into deeper and deeper uh, into into the game. And then, uh, as I was getting uh, as I was getting uh, towards my my at the end of my career, I started getting the the badges, the the education, and uh, I I mean I just uh, kept kept adding every possible license, every possible diploma, every possible school that. Uh, that uh, I can get uh, just to uh, just to get better. Your competitive nature. So you you uh, obviously wanted to win those pickup games since you were organizing them, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I mean, we see how competitive you are. Uh, it's interesting, and uh, if we compare you to the the woman you succeeded with the U.S. Women's National Team, and there's everyone has a different way of going about it. I mean, Jill essentially Jill Ellis essentially you know sat and observed and made her points at, at halftime and, and really rarely got off the bench uh you tend to have this uh, emotional flair on the sideline which seems to be rubbing off and catching on I mean if if you take some of the statements from players there they, they really love it Julie Ertz uh, included yes yeah, so uh it is a little bit different. I feel like uh, I want to be as close as possible to them, and uh, that means I'm uh, I'm stepping on the line or sometimes even over the line. What I don't realize when I get really into it, you know, I feel like well, uh, you're you're still young. Maybe you still want to play. Is that part of it? You want to get <laughs> that? That could be it. I mean, <laughs> I would love to. They're so good. I would love to be part of that group and play with that. Group. <laughs> but uh, you know, I feel like uh, we're doing things together and. Uh, it, if uh, if they're on their feet and uh, and competing and playing, I want to make sure that I'm with them. I want to I want to be as close as possible uh, to them, and uh, I wanna I wanna be there for them. So anytime they they look on the side, if, they, if there's anything that they may need, I don't want them to search for me. I want to be there, standing standing up and provide information. Well, I'm uh, friends with uh, Nikki Phillips, the former formerly Nikki uh, Krizik, and. Uh, I spoke to her recently about uh, we were talking really about another project, but your name came up and uh, she was on your 2014 NWSL championship team in uh, Kansas City. So here's a kid from Clifton, New Jersey, multicultural, 66 languages spoken uh, in Clifton. So uh, let's listen to Nikki as I asked her about you. He kind of has this european mindset almost in terms of like around the game we always played possession we always you know the goal was to keep the ball it was you know spray the ball here spray the ball there 
he made sure that we were a team. And it's really hard to kind of come together in environments like that because you have players now, you know, money's kind of getting into it. So you have players that are making, you know, $5,000 with no health benefits. He really, again, like that, we, we would do walks before the game. He had people over to his house. He really took us in like we were his family. Um, you know, and some of the younger players or the rookies coming in, if he saw them struggle, he would take them under his wing and make sure that, you know, they were comfortable and the transition was happening. He, he was very family oriented and he was awesome. So there's a uh, Nikki Phillips uh, and she, uh, she talks about family uh, in particular, spends a lot of time and, and credits you for really really uh, galvanizing the group. Now that's on the club level, Vladko. I'm wondering now you move into the national team where you're not uh, personally with them as often. We have zoom. We know that, but is there a particular challenge there? And are you able to create that family with the national team? Like you did with the club? Yeah. So first, uh, Nikki was incredible in 2000, uh, 2014 uh, and uh, I thought uh, you know she was a big influence uh, on the she had a big influence on the team and helped us win championships so I'm very happy to hear some of the things that that, that she says um, in terms of the, the family so the, the the my philosophy in creating culture is uh, based on, on on the family or family uh, or the way the families are built and uh, for, for myself I, I look at my own family or family that I grew uh, grew up in and uh, I want to I, I wanted to uh, create the same thing uh, with the with the club teams but also with the national team and part of the reason why is when I uh, became a head coach with uh, FC Kansas City I researched the uh, Every team that won a championship in different sports, uh, basketball, volleyball, soccer, men, women, everything in the, and different, uh, different uh, levels, college, high school, uh, professional, just, uh, just a little uh, research in the, uh, watch their interviews after they won and they asked them about the team and said, what, what do you think? So they, they, they all say different things. But one thing that, that stuck up to me uh, with me was, uh, most of them said, we're a family, okay? We're a family. So for me, that, that was really uh, interesting. So I'm like, okay, I want to be successful. So the first thing that I need to do is I need to build, build a family. I mean, that, that family type environment if I want to win. So that was, uh, that was uh, very important to me. And that's where I spent initially a lot of my... Um, Energy is building that culture, building that environment, uh, so so the players can feel like they're part of part part of something bigger and uh, something that that connects them. So uh, well, I do. Uh, I have these five principles, uh, values that that I built uh, the environment on, and uh, everybody understood it very well. And that was in Kansas City. Then I moved to Seattle. The same thing. We used the same. Uh, the, the same uh, model or, or I use the same principles, uh, build, try to build the same culture. And I have to say, uh, I haven't changed with the, with the national team. It is a little bit harder because we don't have the players on a daily basis. We don't have the, uh, the players uh, as long as we want and uh, as much as we want. But everybody understands uh, 
the, the, the values, everybody understands the, the culture. And uh, to, just to make it clear with the culture, the culture on the national team has been built long before I showed up there. But every coach that comes in tweaks it or shapes it a little bit in a right. way to, to, to resemble the, the coach. So this is where I come in with, uh, with some of the values that, that, that I add or tweak or, uh, or um, translate uh, or explain in different ways. And uh, uh, I think the, the group has been very receptive and uh, I think that they enjoy it. They, that they're having fun in the in same time, they, uh, they're still doing well. When you took over the national team, what was the, uh, the number one principle among these five principles that you think that was really vital, you know, as you're coming into this new group, some of them knew you obviously, but, and knew or knew of you, but you know, it was there one principle that really uh, overrode the others? No, there's no one that, uh, that is over the, over the others. I mean, they're, the, they're all principles that I function by, or I create the environments by, and they, they all go along with each other. And it's not like, oh, now we're going to work on this for two weeks. And uh -huh. uh, after two weeks, we're going to have a, this great culture, or, you know, it's going to be four weeks. And once we're done, it's going to be over. Yeah, it's a, a building culture, a tweaking culture, or evolving culture is uh it's a process and uh, it's almost like uh uh like falling in love with someone you don't know the, the the time that you fall in love with someone okay you just do things for for uh for someone for each other and uh eventually one one uh, morning you're gonna wake up and you know you you have that feeling that you, you you're in love with someone it's the same thing with the culture we do things for each other we we're we're, we're uh we have action certain actions certain uh, behaviors that the that uh, that influence or impact the culture, and eventually we feel like this is good. Like this is this is the culture that we want. U.S. Women's National Team Coach Vlatko Andonovsky with us for a majority of the show today. The conversation also available on the SiriusXM app anytime it comes with your subscription. Next, we'll continue with Vlatko on the theme of family and team building when the Coaching Academy continues. Get out your clipboard. This is the Coaching Academy on Sirius XM FC. Back with U.S. Women's National Team coach Vlatko Andonovsky. A 45-minute conversation on some of the things he's learned and is willing to share, like monitoring relationships both on and off the field. Yes, uh, and uh, it's uh, it's not uh, just monitoring; it's just, uh, an understanding is uh, working on those things. Uh, so, so for me, uh, the relationships with uh, with the player is very important. The relationship uh, between the players uh, are very important as well. In the, uh, my relationship with the staff is extremely important. I uh, I tend to work a lot on uh, um, empowering the staff that that is with me or. Uh, uh, same thing. Uh, same thing with the players. And uh, one thing with the players, uh, with the players, is uh, uh, I've uh, I've always uh, used this quote uh, and have the the, the staff uh, remember this quote or one of the quotes that we use is that they don't care how much you know until they know that you care. And uh, I I want to make sure that uh, the, that we first that we care for them. I want to make sure that they know that we care for them. And uh, I think that after that, it's, it's a little bit easier. Then they care how much we know. 
how would you describe your coaching philosophy? So let's get on field. And I've read in the past, uh, attractive, attacking, uh, and then there's a there's an en energy word there, like a mentality or something. What is it? Aggressive. Okay. Oh, so it's all A words. All right. So it's the three A's. Is is that the triple A? Yeah. So uh, right. I, we sometimes joke about calling it triple A. Actually, you know, attacking, aggressive, uh, and attractive. And uh, you know, my uh, my uh, my philosophy, my approach as a coach is that way that that I want to create a structure in in a frame that the players can be allowed to express express their creativity. So so my my job as a coach is uh, to create a framework boundaries and create a platform but allow to players to to use their creativity to uh to overcome different obstacles and different problems different different issues uh on the on the field and uh it seems like the, the players enjoy that so they, they don't feel like they're, they're, they're uh, that they don't feel like i'm too strict but in same time it helps them just focus on their creativity because everybody knows that uh, there are going to be players in certain uh, certain positions or certain area on the field. So help me as a coach uh, to structure something where you obviously uh, have to, there are certain things that have to get done in order to accomplish your goal, but you also want the players to express themselves. So combining yeah. those often seems like a challenge. Yeah, so uh, it, it is, uh, but uh, we have very, very detailed principles. Now we go into the principles of play and uh, our principles are very detailed and uh, we have principles of play. We have sub principles and sub sub principles. So they go from the team concept to line concept to individual concept. And uh, uh, they're, they're very uh, detailed and very um uh, very well explained for the players, so that th that's the that's the structure, that's the frame, our game model that we do not uh, that we not um, change. We you won't sure deviate. That. You don't deviate from that. Yeah, yeah, we don't deviate from that. We, yeah. Yes, we, uh, we we stay the course. This is what we do. We may change our strategy, may change our uh, sure. systems, but our principles don't change. Now, in within that. Okay, moving from A to B or B to C or C to D, that's on the players. So some players uh, can, can combine and get from A to B. Some players taking players on 1v1. Some players are, are uh, I don't know, not making people. That, that's on the players. Or some players feel like that's not the, the area where they, they, they feel impactful and start moving, uh, moving from that area in a different area. That means that that another player has to come there so we still keep the structure we still have we still have the same um, the same approach but uh, the players uh, the players are, are, are fluid into it in, uh, and they're able to uh, to be uh, to, uh, to be creative well it sounds like a, an attractive system uh, that uh, anyone would like to play in because players want to express themselves. But they also want to be coached. You know, it's like they, they want structure, yeah. but they also want to express themselves. Yes, when you have players like uh, like we have, obviously, uh, you know, when you have Tobin Heath and Rose Lavelle and uh, Lindsay, Lindsay Horan, Sam Hewitt, uh, uh, Pino, like you don't want to tie, tie up these players. You don't want to keep these players at the, 
with with only two things that they're allowed to do or three things that they're allowed right. to do. They're ne- they're literally allowed to do anything within the frame. As long as they stay within the frame, we're we're good because if they start doing things outside of the of the frame, then it then that uh, that pulls another player outside of the frame, and then that that means that, that means that another player has to do something that they haven't been uh, uh, coached or prepared for, and then there is an, a little chaos on the on the field. So as long as we stay within the frame, we're good. The principles, the sub principles, and the sub sub principles. So attaining those things yourself individually was that you just studying the game over the years. Or have you also had particular influences, mentors, coaches that have where their principles have kind of uh, kind of structured the way you want to be? Uh, the, the influence on my uh, on my style of play uh, is the culture, the background, the experience as a coach in the as a player, uh, the experience that I have in, that I've had in the league, uh, the players that I've that I played with, like all of this, uh, all this have been influencing me. Um, into into building my, my style of play so uh there is no one thing that i can say oh because of this now i'm doing yeah. this. The, trends yeah. of the, the trends of the game and the, how the game has, has been involving is definitely uh influencing me so there are a lot of things and i just try to pick up uh, what i what i feel like it's going to be good or what i believe in or that the way the game should be played and uh, try to um, explain it to the players and allow them to implement those principles. Where is the game going, do you think? You know, and the women's game and the men's game, you, you can equate it sometimes, but where is the women's game going? What is the next step? What is the next level, do you think? And maybe you're the one to take us there. What do you got? I mean, uh, there, there are so many little things that we try to do different. And uh, we always say, especially in the women's game, uh, we 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 want to be the trendsetters. We don't want to just accept the trends and say, okay, now we're we're gonna do this. If we're the best, we're gonna we're gonna set the trends. We're gonna we uh, we have to be innovative. We have to uh, we have to stay ahead of uh, all these countries that uh, they're trying to catch up with us. I mean, we we see that uh, that uh, so many other countries are investing so much in women's soccer that uh, they. W- they want to be just as good or better than us. So just uh, picking up trends and, and trying to uh, and trying to compete is not good enough. We have to be ahead of uh, ahead of the curve. We we have to do things uh, different, and uh, we have to keep on evolving, keep evolving, and keep on getting better. With that in mind, Vladko, who are the men's or women's teams, whether club or national teams, that? Uh, that you learn from or that you're really attracted to and, and, and watching very closely. I mean, it could be a number of them, but are, can you name a couple? Uh, I don't, uh, so there, there's several people that have influenced me throughout my career. There, there's not a certain person that I can resemble myself with or say, okay, this is the person that, uh, uh, that influenced me the, the most. Uh, I was uh, very careful in building myself and developing myself as a coach. I tried to, to pick up things uh, from, from a youth coaches, uh, from the senior coaches, uh, from famous coaches nowadays like Pep and Klopp and Diego Simeone and uh, Bielsa, etc. Um, I picked up things that, that I like, that I believe that are going to be helpful in shaping me as a coach, but also there were things that, uh, that I didn't like and I said, okay, I got to make sure that I don't do this. So uh, I have to say, 
I've enjoyed, uh, especially in the, in the recent years since I've been with the Federation, the talks with our technical director, uh, Barry Powells, and uh, the men's national team coach, Greg Borhalter. They've been very helpful in, um, in the discussions that, that we've had about the game. So, uh, I mean, I, uh, I feel myself, I feel like uh, I've been uh, changing uh, my style of play or tweaking my style of play or evolving my style of play based on what I believe that, uh, that uh, the, like I said, the game needs to be played or would uh, make my, my team successful. And uh, I, I find myself uh, as uh, addicted to education and uh, addicted to, to getting better so I can better serve uh, the the team that I coach and the education a lot of times is just talking to other coaches right I mean you so you and Burhalter have had chats about the game yes absolutely uh and uh, I have to say he's an incredible um incredible soccer mind uh, incredible person first and uh, very very smart person but incredible soccer mind and uh it's been uh, very helpful for me to see uh to uh, to compare the men and the women game, or you know the the, the similarities and differences in the in the, the details, the level of details that that uh, he himself go into, and uh, obviously compare it what we do. So it's been very uh, very helpful. And uh, the technical director Barry Powell's he's uh, most of the times on the, on the calls that we have. So it's uh, uh, it's um, well, I would say. Very relaxed, but uh, great learning uh, opportunity. And you're both in very similar positions. You haven't had that big event yet to coach. You've got the Olympics coming up, and he's got uh, World Cup qualifying ahead of him. There's other, you know, the Gold Cup and things like that. But the real major events for both of you are uh, are still in the future. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, we we both been uh in a, in, we're, yeah we're very very similar situations and uh you know looking at everything that, that we do we're in a similar um we, we have similar approach to it uh, in terms of the, the the level of details or how deep we dive into into the game so it's been uh, very interesting now i spoke to greg not long ago and I, one of the things that he said to me which i found very interesting is that I believe it was Reggie Cannon who is playing in Europe, and uh, he said that he reviewed clips with Cannon after one of his matches in Europe with Boa Vista, and uh, they went over things, not not to change the way he was playing or anything, but I, I was intrigued because, wow, he's playing club ball, and the national team coach is still reviewing clips. Do you do the same sort of thing uh, with the players while they're involved with their NWSL teams or their FAWSL teams? Yes, every every player on the team uh, we we watch videos with. Uh, we we make sure if there is something that uh, that we believe will help the help the player become a better player overall, regardless of the environment uh, that they're in. We uh, we make sure that um, that we have. Uh, we have a video session or or just a talk if uh, whatever whatever is necessary i mean uh, just for an example uh after this uh, today i have a uh, we have a video session with megan rapino oh <laughs> all right so yes. well that'll be what's it like sitting with uh, rapino is she intent uh is it just is it uh, is there back and forth is she allowed uh, she, to interject uh, she is amazing uh very very uh, uh good 
approach uh, in terms of the in terms of, in terms of the game. It's very interesting. You know, you 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 think of Megan Rapinoe, the best player of the of the world uh, in the world, in the the how hungry she is to get better. It, it's amazing. You you would think that she she knows it all. She doesn't want to know anymore. I'm fine. You know, I'm the best. Like no, literally, like okay. How can I get better? What do you think about this? Oh, we played Portland last week, and uh, what do you, you know? Are we going to see videos uh, from Portland or just <laughs> like she yeah. is amazing? I mean, I, we we love watching videos. Uh, she understands it. She gets it. She implements. Uh, she implements things on the field uh, very very well. So it's uh, it's good. I mean, you know, we're talking about Pino, but we're talking about every player on the national team too. They're they're right. very receptive and uh, they get things very quick but when you one of your best players has that sort of mentality and growth stimulation you know they're they're they, they're stimulated by the game and trying to to get better that 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 serves you quite well i mean that you know that's an example yes so many uh, young players there and you know yes and it makes our job a little bit easier too than uh, <laughs> it you want to do more when you see how much they want. It pushes you to do more and uh, to di- uh, to dig even deeper to to help them uh, help them out uh, become even uh, better. I mean, ultimately, the the biggest difference uh, besides uh, the time spent uh, on the field uh, with the national team uh, compared to club team, the biggest difference is the level of, uh, of uh, understanding, but also the the room for uh, for growth. So when you have the, the 20 best players uh, in the country, the room for growth for them is very small. So for us, we really have to analyze everything. We really, we really have to educate ourselves to the best of our ability in order to serve the players and help them become the, the, the best that they can be. Where on the club level, the room for growth is a little bit bigger. So the the the, the level of uh, analysis or... The, or the level or the how deep you get into into those analyses is not quite as deeper as uh, on the national team. The little okay. details, just uh, the little things that make big differences uh, is uh, crazy when, when you get to that level. In your observation of Rapino and working with her and, and evaluating and picking out things, can you tell us an area where you feel like she's improved? I mean, uh, I I think that uh, she's constantly improving, and uh, that it's not necessarily just because of us. I wouldn't say because of us; it's because of her, because of uh, her understanding, and uh, and uh, also uh, because of the players that that she's surrounded with. They help uh, each other get uh, get better. But I think that she's getting even more and more sophisticated into her movements. And uh, uh, we see Megan Rapinoe in the last uh, few games that she played, besides uh, you know scoring on restarts or assisting on restarts, she she made a few runs uh, behind the back line and uh, created or scored opportunities. That I think that's the next layer of uh, Megan Rapinoe. Right, Vladko, uh, Vladko Adonofsky with us, U.S. Women's National Team coach. You've got some games coming up. Uh, you have Portugal, Jamaica, and Nigeria as the precursors uh, to the Olympics. And, and you made a statement uh, not too long ago that a part of uh, – and the scheduling of teams has been difficult during the pandemic. I recognize that. You played Sweden and France recently, and you talk about wanting to play teams that will expose your weaknesses. So you have – that to work on. If you look at those two matches, you know, I think you, you seem to handle France better than Sweden, which might be surprising to some, 
but Sweden plays with more players behind the ball, a little bit of a lower block. And that seems to be the challenge of every coach. You know, Pep Guardiola goes through it all the time because everybody's sitting back and trying to be real compact and tight. And you get the U.S., they face that often too. So is that one of your, is that an area where you really want to see improvement, how you break that down? Yes, uh, we, that, that's definitely the area that we, we have to get better. And uh, when we get better, then we're going to look for the next, uh, next step of improvement and get, get even better. So if you look at the uh, U.S. five, six years back or even 10 years back, you'll see that, that the team is getting better, but then the other teams are getting better. So now we, you know, it's, it's our, uh, now it's our move. It's almost like a, like a chess match. So, okay, it's our move now. And then it's going to be their move to counter that. And then it's going to be the next layer of uh, what we're going to do. So that's, a, that's an evol- evolving process in the process that we're going to continue focusing on or continue getting better at in the, Hopefully, uh, we're going to be able to overcome uh, different challenges. And um, you know, Sweden, we uh, like you said, they're they're very organized, they're disciplined, they're a good team, they're they're physical, they're playing at home. So there's so many little things that go that, that went into into their favor. But uh, I felt like uh, we uh, we we did good in the in in the parts that we needed to do good. But then there was there were other things that we were not good at, and that's why the game ended up the way it did. But uh, uh, I'm not worried about it. Obviously, uh, it was a good preparation for us. For us, it was a uh, it was an eye opener of things that we need to uh, we need to focus on going into the last few matches before the Olympics. All right. Well, there'll be a rematch of sorts. The uh, first team you draw in the Olympics is Sweden, uh, followed by New Zealand, and then Australia in Group G, 12 team tournament in Tokyo. No France, no Germany. Mm. But uh, maybe uh, we'll revisit that another day, you know, how you qualify for the Olympics worldwide. But it's uh, it's kind of unfortunate that those two won't be there, Vlatko. Yes, uh, it is. But uh, even the ones that are there, it's not like they're, uh, they're going to be uh, any lesser of opponent uh, from uh, from Europe. We have Great Britain, Sweden and, uh, and Holland. All three of them are amazing teams. Uh, they're what... Uh, top six in, in within the top six teams uh, as well and then Australia and uh, Canada and Brazil seven eight nine so uh, we are gonna face uh, opponents that are that are in top 10 and in uh, the uh, those are gonna be hard games so hopefully uh, hopefully we overcome those uh, those uh, opponents well, I don't envy the fact that you have to pick 18 out of that group of players, but we won't get into that. But good luck with that as well. I know those are uh, trying times for coaches, uh, but uh, we wish you all the best. Vlatko, it's, uh, it, it's certainly been a pleasure to, to spend this time with you, and uh, I'm sure the coaches and players uh, listening uh, appreciate it as well. So thank you so much. Glenn, thank you very much for having me, and always a pleasure uh... Being uh, uh, talking soccer with you, so thank you. A refreshing look at the coach behind the next steps for the U.S. women. And our conversation continued off, Mike. Uh, We we talked about women watching the game more, that need, and and we both shared stories with each other about giving our teams matches or teams or players to watch and study. And he told the story of once stopping a training session and asking a player, what would the player you studied this weekend do in that situation? Brilliant. 
Uh, the full interview currently available on the SiriusXM app, as is all content here on FC 157. If you have a subscription, download the app. You can catch some of the things you missed during the day. I, I realize my show might run during one of your training sessions, could be in the midst of meetings. Uh, the app is a gem and free for subscribers. This is Glenn Crooks on Frame.